0: Cybos Insider podcast debate the future of finance, providing insights and analysis of topical industry themes. Each episode will bring you a thought-provoking dissection of the greatest challenges and opportunities facing financial services, from renowned experts direct to the Cyboss community. The podcasts examine not only the way the industry is achieving its goals, but how it achieves them, including a focus on the mindset, working practices, and well-being factors needed to build a successful career in finance. In this podcast, we'll be considering the findings of the recently published ISA report into the state of industry adoption of ISO 20022. The report aims to share insights and recommendations based on the results of the ISA ISO 20022 survey and to provide working group insights, analysis and discussion with key stakeholders. Today, we'll be discussing the findings from the report with two members of the working group. Joining me are Juliette Cannell, Head of Standards at SWIFT.
1: Hi, Brett. Nice to be here.
0: Thank you for joining me today, Juliet. And also, Giles Elliott, Head of Business Development Capital Markets at Tata Consultancy Services. Welcome, Giles.
2: Thank you, Brett. Pleasure to be here.
0: Can we start the discussion with a brief introduction, setting the scene? Juliet, if I could ask you to do that, what is ISO 20022?
1: Yes, of course. I'll take a bit of a step back. Although most people in our industry have heard about ISO 20022, most people don't really fully understand what it is or what's so great about it. So I think first and foremost, it's important to realise that ISO 20022 isn't just a messaging standard. It's actually a documented methodology which can be used by the financial industry to create consistent message standards across all of our business processes so that doesn't just include securities but it also includes payments fx and trade processes the standard covers all of our business areas and the other thing that most people don't know is that there are actually three layers in the iso 2082 standard first there's the conceptual top layer and that provides all the key business processes and concepts Put simply, this is where you'll find all the definitions of the activities or business processes that are carried out in financial transactions, as well as the business roles and the actors that are involved in those processes. Then there's the middle layer, and that's where you find all the message models that have been created. And here, what's really important to remember is that these message models are completely independent of syntax, and that means that you can use them to convert to the syntax that best suits your business needs. That could be XML, but it could be something else. And then finally, there's the bottom layer. That's the one that deals with the syntax itself. Now, this is the part that most people think of when they think of ISO 20022. And that's because in that bottom layer, you'll find the physical representation of the messages. It just so happens that the messages in ISO 20022 today are represented in XML. But remember, the beauty of the ISO 20022 standard is that the message models in the middle layer can be expressed in any syntax, for example, fix or an FPML. And the other thing you need to know is, in all the information I've just talked about, it's been co-created by hundreds of industry experts and it's been stored in what we call the ISO 20022 repository. And in that repository, you'll also find a data dictionary which lists the names of all the 20022 components together with their permitted structures. These are the things you need to build standards. Perhaps more importantly though, In that dictionary, you're going to find the meanings of all these components, which enables everyone to be sure that they're interpreting them the same way, just as you would in any other dictionary. And that's really key if we want standards to interoperate. Actually, if you want to learn more about ISO 2082, there's a great little book you can download from Swift.com called ISO 2082 for Dummies. It gives loads of examples that are really easy to understand.
0: Thanks for that clear outline, Juliet. And I'd just like to add that the ISO 20022 for dummies is a useful read and it's available as a free download. Are there any other significant differences between ISO 20022 and ISO 15022?
1: So ISO 15022 is just another standard that's used in securities markets. ISO 15022 is currently the predominant security standard in cross-border settlement, reconciliation and corporate action processing, it was actually introduced in the late 90s to replace Seven Five, which was much less structured. And as a result of ISO 15022, the securities industry has seen dramatic increases in efficiency and straight-through processing. In settlement messages, for example, it is common to come across SDP rates of more than 95%.
0: Giles, if I could come to you now, why is this interested in ISO 20022? What was the remit of the working group?
1: It's, um
2: started looking at this really to try and understand why we weren't seeing the level of progress in, ISO say, adoption that we'd expected. And the high-level data from some of the swift traffic that we could look at, as Juliet touched on, was not really showing that this was becoming a dominant messaging or data standard. And we wanted, really, to, to have a fuller picture around what was going on and, and why we weren't seeing that kind of level of adoption. I think you know, within that context, we haven't really seen any industry-wide plans for the securities domain coming together, no collective effort to try and push and promote this. And you know in comparison with the payments industry, there's been a huge amount of effort to promote 2022 and actually adopt 2002.2 as a messaging, and we thought it was very opportune and timely that we really got a, a deeper view around that. And on top of that, we could see some progress from the regulators, mainly in Europe, to promote 2022, and they in turn were asking questions of the industry to understand willingness to adopt and some of the barriers around adoption. So we created a working group to try and sort of dig into that. The remit of the working group really per the points that I just mentioned were to understand kind of levels of take up and focus by many of the ISA member firms to try and understand the willingness over the next five or ten years to to actually adopt the standard, really try and dig into some of the barriers and understand the opportunities a little bit better. This is something that we've been living with for a few years. most of the members and industry participants have a more developed opinion about where the benefits are and, and where the opportunities are and really tap into that and make some recommendations on how the industry could really work together far more collaboratively to to promote that and what kind of models we should put in place around that
0: Charles, i wonder if we could stay with you for a little while I'd like to ask you, what was the approach that Etta took and who was involved? What were the areas of interest that the working group explore?
2: Sure. We created a working group of about kind of 25 to 30 different members. Um, it constituted members who were working with custodian banks, with financial market intermediaries like like kind of CSDs or ICSDs, and a range of technology and vendor firms. And we went out of our way to try and Ensure that we had a broad cross section of those different groups to make sure that we had a good diversity of opinion and input into the state of play and some of the drivers. We created a called context paper. We thought it was useful to lay out some of the themes to actually help firms consider the survey, consider their own views when responding to the survey. And after the survey, we split into three subgroups around the. The three segments that I just mentioned around kind of custodian banks, FMIs and technology and vendor firms, really to make sure that we could analyze some of the feedback that we were getting. And more explicitly, what we covered in the survey were much more detailed insights in terms of existing levels of usage, both in terms of messaging, other interfaces, use of the adoption of the data model and so forth. We drilled into in-flight investments and really some views around kind of intended investments over the next sort of three to five years and, and wanted to deepen our insights around that. Then we dug quite heavily into this thorny subject of a business case around adoption and where did firms really feel there was a business case and we broke that down by messaging domain and process domain to try and really make sure that we got some kind of quite deep insights around that and really in the final areas dug a little bit into you know migration paths and that that sort of looked at should we be mandating something should we be penalizing firms what was the right migration path and would we see extended periods of kind of coexistence with other messaging as a result of the the views around different migration paths and really, finally, how should we collaborate, and what are the key takeaway recommendations that we think that the industry and ISA should pick up on? And we ask for sort of feedback around all of that.
0: Juliet, I think you mentioned there's also a document available on org. Can you tell us what what that is, please?
1: Yes, well, when we sent out the survey, we thought it would be really useful to um, also send what we call the context document. And actually, it's quite a good read if you want to know more about what's going on at the moment in the security space with the standards that are being used. It's on ISA.org. It describes all the main standards that are used in the security space. And it also, we share some key figures related to the standards adoption as it is currently. And last but not least, there are some insights from the working group members about what they think is currently driving ISO 2082 adoption in their organizations and across the securities industry.
0: I wonder if we could look into some of the key findings now. What did you discover in the working group?
1: First of all, um, the survey confirmed that today there really is limited adoption of ISO 2082 across the securities markets. I wasn't that surprised to find that, but it was good to get that confirmation because I can see the traffic that goes over the SWIFT network, but we wanted to be sure as a group we had a good full picture. Actually, when I look at the traffic messaging over SWIFT, two-thirds of the total securities traffic is still ISO 15022. And of the 6,000 or more securities participants that use our network, today less than 300 use ISO 20022 at all. So it's still quite nascent in the security space. I think that will change next year, partly because payments flows that securities people use are migrating to ISO 20022. And um, ISO 20802 is also clearly gaining traction in some securities areas as well. That was actually another finding. On the security side, it seems that industry participants are only really adopting ISO 20022 when they have to, rather than doing it through strategic choice. ISO 20022 is gaining traction where it's driven by regulation, for example, and good examples of this are SRD2 and CSDR. But ISO 20022 is also gaining traction where market infrastructures offer it, for example, DTCC or T2S. In fact, many of the SMIs are adding the option of ISO 20022 channels at platform renewal time, and they do that when they need to replace legacy interfaces. It's also really interesting to note that the market infrastructures we talk to decide To adopt 2082, but they don't get rid necessarily of the proprietary formats that they also offer. And many of the CSTs we surveyed said that they would continue to offer this option, particularly at the domestic level. So, having said all of that, it seems knowing what we know now and under the existing plans and trajectories, ISO 2082 is really not set to become the preferred standard within the next five years. And Giles, there were some clear reasons for this, I think, that came out of the survey. I don't know if you want to. Cover those.
2: Thank you, Juliet. Yes, so I think the first point is is really in in terms of the kind of feedback through the custodian banks, in particular, is that they're really not seeing demand from the asset management, asset owner, investment management community to uh, to adopt ISO 20822 and really see an ongoing role to offer translation integration with the data models and standards that their clients are are adopting. And and this really led us on to another point, which when we look across the investment services industry, there are different standards being used and in, in asset managers and investment managers in particular. A lot of the activity is focused on kind of trading, research, compliance, reporting and so forth, which really have not predominantly looked at 2082 as a messaging and it became very clear but this is not a single standard for the whole industry and interoperability with other standards within the whole um, investment community was going to be critical. And, and certainly off the back of that, the industry really did not see the business case for full adoption of ISO 20022 within that context. I think on top of that, the More insight around the business case for ISO 20022 really did come down to individual firms, their focal areas, their needs, market infrastructure requirements within the territories that they're operating played quite a key role, as well as as ongoing client needs. And really, the members that gave us feedback talked to the fact that a lot of the business case will... Will often depend on their own strategy, and they wanted it to depend on their own strategy rather than something holistic as a top-down. So the the big overarching takeaways are that the industry really has got no appetite for a big bang adoption of ISO 2082 over the next five years. And as a result of that, is some members need to prepare for a prolonged period. Of coexistence of messaging and standards, and and Juliet, despite that, there was still a very clear view within the working group that this was a standard that is the way forward that we should be putting energy into into our paths. Do you want to talk to some of the opportunities around
1: that? I think one of the opportunities that really sticks in my mind was that all the survey participants overwhelmingly agreed that nascent technology could really be a driver for further usage of ISO 2082. I've talked already about the fact that ISO 2082 is so much more than a messaging standard, but still, when we talk about the adoption of ISO 2082, most people still think about adoption at the message syntax level only. And what came out of the ISSA survey is that actually within the securities industry, rather than talking about migration, we probably need to be thinking about how ISO 2082 can help the securities market interoperate. And of course, this includes enabling ISO 15022, 20022, XML, FIX, FPML, and other standards to interoperate, and how all of this can work with APIs as well. That was very positive. I really do think that the adoption of ISO 20022 data model in securities markets, that's what's going to really help bridge the old world with the new.
0: So looking at further findings from the white paper, what are the recommendations and the next steps? Perhaps Juliet, you could talk to that, please.
1: Yeah. One point that seems clear is that we should focus on developing ISO 2082 capabilities in areas that are really suboptimal today, right, rather than attempting to force a holistic migration agenda. So um, although there's no support for big bang migration, there really are areas where adoption of ISO 2082 could add clear value. And good examples of this include things like general meetings, which include proxy and account opening, And ISTA members actually shared through the survey, but also through the working group discussions, that these are really two areas which, as an industry, we should focus on because they remain high risk and SDP levels are relatively low. I also think another area that we should focus on is APIs, right? We really need to collaborate together and co-design APIs because if we don't do that, there's a real risk of market fragmentation. It really doesn't make sense that every time an institution needs a new API, it builds it on its own from scratch. We need to find a way to come together as an industry and share a common base set of utility APIs. And then, of course, once we've done that, we should publish them and update them so everyone can use the latest version and there's reuse.
0: Giles, perhaps you could add your thoughts in here, please.
2: I think the other points that really came through to my to my comments earlier are that you know we really do need to promote interaction between ISO 20022 and other industry standards, and, and Juliet mentioned areas like FIX and FPML, just as two of them, and and really spend some time uh, looking at what that interoperability interaction would actually take, and what is the the right industry engagement model to to make that a key area of discussion and uh, and promotion. The, The second kind of key thing within that domain is how do we help inform and educate the industry on some of the issues and challenges, but also the business drivers and benefits. And we had a lot of feedback that firms, including kind of regional and local FMIs, were finding it hard to bring together the breadth of insights on the business case for why they should promote and adopt 2022, and, and we felt there was definitely a benefit in taking some of the insights, the experience that we had from this exercise and within ISSA to to really try and help educate and come up with best practices and come up with the kind of insights that will help people promote that business case.
0: Thanks for that, Giles. Perhaps Juliet, you could maybe bring us to a close now.
1: Yes, of course. So ISO 2082 is a talking point in most markets, and every year we see more SMIs and more securities communities adopting it. But it's really clear that there are still varying degrees of understanding across the industry and that we need to find ways to explain, perhaps more simply, about the interoperability and rich data benefits of ISO 2082. I think there's a lot more that we could be doing together to share resources across the industry as well. And at SWIFT, we're really ready to help to engage with the industry and also address this gap through joining things like the ISA working groups that are going to be focused on this effort.
0: Giles, how about you? Do you have some final thoughts here? The areas
2: that I think ISA will focus on going forward over the next 12 to 18 months are really going to play into the key recommendations that are within the paper. And the working group will carry on, and we are going to split into a number of subgroups and focal areas that really look on how do we put in place a new annual survey? How do we create new working groups around some of the areas that Juliet talked about on APIs and and DLT? And how do we deliver some of the themes around education, uh, best practices, and adoption paths within it? So to some degree, we really want to encourage firms to to join us in this quite valuable work effort. And it's a bit of a call to arms, I guess, Julia.
1: It is. If we want to make a difference in the market, we do need the experts at the institutions that are part of us to come and help us. So, yes, very welcome.
0: Well, we've covered a lot of ground today, but if you'd like to refer to the full report, you can find it online at isanet.org. And currently it's sitting in the working groups window. With that said, I think I'd like to thank you both for your time and sharing your understanding of the report. Juliette Cannell, thanks.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And Giles Elliot, it's been a pleasure talking with you both.
1: Thank you, bro.